Welcome back, everybody, to the Knights of the Dawn podcast, where we talk about anything and everything Brandon Mole. I'm Jessica. And I'm Megan. And today we are going to be talking about the last five or six chapters. I think it's four. Really? Man. It's four. Inverted Tower Vault. We're talking about chapters 18 through 21 of the second book of Fablehaven, Rise of the Evening Star. Mm-hmm. And... Boy, have we been excited for this one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am excited to finish this book and talk about this climax. Mm-hmm. This is a really good climax. Yeah, it is. All right, so we are going to start with chapter 18, Diverging Plans. And so in this chapter, I love how we have like sleep-deprived Seth and Kendra yeah. just like sitting at a table being like, okay. Just trying to keep their eyes open. <laughs> like, I don't know. Too tired to think. Yeah, it's, Avatar vibes. It's not the, it's not the best time to make like a life, life altering <laughs> decision, like world altering decision. You know, like yeah. this is an important artifact that could literally change the world. And they're like, well, what should we do? I don't know. Sleep deprived. Are there, are there cookies in the cupboard? Yeah. They're like, we need some sugar or something to like, get this out of us. Yeah. So, yeah, Kendra wants to, like, try and leave the preserve and try and find the Sphinx. And Seth is like, no, 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 we need to, like, go and, like... Full throttle. Full, full throttle. Ahead. Take down the Revenant, go into the tower, and get the artifact. You know? A very A 12-year-old plan. and a 14-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to conquer one of... Uh, a set of traps created by some of the smartest and most powerful wizards of all time. Yeah, and they don't know. Great idea, They don't know Seth. anything. The only thing he knows is about the Revenant, and he has a very, very a decent plan, but a very Seth plan. It's like flying by the seat of your pants kind of plan. But, um, so, yeah, Seth's plan, they have the, to- they have the potions from Tanu, and their plan is to take the cur- the feelings potions, the courage one specifically, Seth's gonna chug it and charge the Revenant. Yeah, because the courage potion, he thinks, will, like, counteract the fear that comes from the Revenant, so he'll be able to actually move and take it down. And I love how Kendra is just like, are you sure that's how it works? Yeah, she's like, I think you're just thinking it will work, and <laughs> I don't know. And I just, I, I, I love how both of them are so, like, they're both very scared. They've yeah. both through, been, been through a very traumatic 48 hours to 72 hours. And I like they both fall back on what they know. Kendra's like, no, we need to fall back, regroup, and find somebody who can help us. Like her her go to the last time was she went to the Fairy Queen. So now she wants to go find the Sphinx, somebody who she knows knows more than she does and can help them. Whereas mm-hmm. Seth is just like, Nope, I'm going to trust myself and I know I can do it and I'm just gonna go for it. And it, that really is their respective personalities. But I really do like that Seth has you could clearly see that Seth has grown since the last time that they went through something like this. Yeah. I mean, he has a plan. Yes, he does. good. And, like, he's willing to go through with it. That's the thing I just love about Seth is that he's like, let's, like, get this done mm-hmm. kind of vibe, and I love it. Yeah, and so, I and I love he, he also is just like, I'm not going to let anything stop me, not even you. So when Kendra goes to the bathroom and takes a minute to think, she comes back and guess who's gone? Seth. <laughs> and he took Mendigo and 
is gone going to the grove. And so Kendra's like, oh, crap, what do I do now? <laughs> Even if he had time to write a full note. Yeah, she probably seriously, she's so tired. She just like zoned out mm-hmm. in the bathroom. And then all of a sudden she was like, well, how long has it been since I got in here? We also had a very good, I liked a quote from Seth during this argument as well. Um, like they're talking and like they're just going back and forth about this debate. And Kendra just says, you're exhausting, Kendra says. That's when you say when I'm right, Seth said. <laughs> that feels like such a like a younger sibling thing to say. <laughs> like you always stop the argument right when I start winning. I just like I just love that so much. But yeah, so like Seth has such like faith in himself and he like he knows like that he feels like this is his best option. He's like he says, You go get the Sphinx, I'm going for the Revenant. Mm-hmm. And he's just gonna do his best to take care of take care of business. And and I'm just like, this child, <laughs> like, honestly, if Kendra weren't around, if Grandma and Grandpa weren't around, like, he would get himself killed easily. He should be dead, honestly. Like, I think about it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> he should be dead. You go through every single one of these books. It's just kind of amazing that Seth makes it through <laughs> all of them. Yeah. No, it's but true. yeah. Next scene, I believe, is... Seth is at the Grove and mm-hmm. ready to take Well, care. first he runs into Tanu, and Tanu is also an albino. Which we did know. Yeah. But he, but like, sees him walking, and he's like, oh, whoa, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I then love- he makes it to the Grove. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this this Revenant, just for a, a head count, has now taken out Warren, Coulter, and Tanu. It is so powerful that mm-hmm. Vanessa is scared to go for yeah. it. And Seth is just like, I got this. I mean, he has been there before. That's this something he has up on everyone. He has felt the fear before. And I think that's where his confidence comes from, is that he's felt it before. And he's also taken one of Tanu's potions. And so he knows how potent they are, like mm-hmm. both of them. And so I think part of his confidence comes from the fact that he has encountered both of these things before and he thinks that it will work. He does He so, does manage it. I love how it describes this, like, this confrontation because he like it's he chugs half this courage potion mm-hmm. and starts getting like you know very cocky like he puts down the flashlight and starts throwing punches yeah like, complimenting himself and i'm like oh my gosh this is so it's like crazy. that was a ton of courage you just yeah. like you become like the cockiest person alive yeah. now and so then he goes into the grove he sees the revenant and he starts like goading it he starts then, like jogging towards it too yeah. he's like let's get this over with like yeah, and then, um, but then, like, the Revenant actually starts, like, pouring on the fear, mm-hmm. and it just, like, it describes it as, like, like this dark cloud, like, this, like, coldness that is, like, encroaching on him and, like, eating away at the courage. Yeah. And, like, he chugs even more of the potion until it's empty, but, and he keeps going, but, like, I just, like, Seth's determination in the scene is just, a, it's, it's, like, a highlight for Seth, let's be honest. Oh, Yeah. Like, this is, just this says, is his best moment out of the first two books, mm-hmm. for sure. He just says, nope, I'm going to keep going. Like, he is literally being strangled at one point. Yeah, at the and very he, end. And he's like, the, and like the effects of the courage potion are gone. So mm-hmm. he is going, like, he is fully, like. It's under, Seth at the end. It's Seth. It's his determination that pulls it through. Or pulls it out. Pulls it out. But, um, so yeah, it's, it's that pure, like, he's like determined. He's like. Coulter sacrificed his life to save me mm-hmm. when he said he wouldn't. Kendra is relying on him. Like, all these people, he's like, I can't fail. 
and it's just like that overpowers just straight through the fear and he manages to pull out the nail that's in the revenant's neck and i also like that they gave he gave that mole gave that quick bit of acknowledgement and humanity to the revenant yeah like after the nail comes out of its neck seth describes seeing like a little bit of like relief in yeah the face it's of the like revenant. it's like oh it was kind of it was trapped too, of yeah. its own existence mm-hmm. i just thought that was very interesting just that quick little bit of yeah that, that was interesting mm-hmm. seth is Seth is back. Seth has his moment. He mm-hmm. he has the moment where he saves everyone like mm-hmm. he wanted. <laughs> Soon to be overshadowed, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um. But then I like because then it cuts to Kendra and she she had like climbed up a tree just in case like Vanessa and crew had come to the cottage looking for her. She didn't want to be, you know, in the open. So she climbs up the tree and puts on Coulter's gloves. So she's like completely invisible. And then she sees none other than Warren climb up on, like, the balcony of the cottage and start looking around. And then she's like, Warren! What? Warren! <laughs> and then he, like, looks still, around. Still albino. Yeah. He looks around, and she's, like, wh- he's, like, reacting normally. And she's, like, she starts talking to him. And he's, like, like, where are you? <laughs> like, where am I? Like, what <laughs> is going on? Who are you? What is going on? And so, like, they meet up in the cottage, and she starts explaining everything. And she's, like, Wow. I guess Seth must have succeeded if you've been restored to, you know, a functioning human health. (laughs) So, yeah, they start making a plan to go after Seth. But not before Warren shows us exactly who he is. Yes. (laughs) He is an adult, cool version of Seth. And we love it. He is adult Seth, basically. Like, yes. they will get along so well, and I love it. Like, I know. There's this one part that I, I freaking love. Let me find it really fast. Can I share mine? Okay, so it's, um, uh, Kendra is, like, breaking down the situation. Like, Warren's taking it all in. Um, and, like, how, like, there's, like, Fableators have been taken over by Narcoblix. They're trying, they're, everybody's going after the artifact. Warren just raises an eyebrows and says, you're saying there isn't going to be a welcome back from your coma party. Kendra, until we rescue the others, I'm all you get. Warren, sooner or later, I want cake cake and ice cream. (laughs) Yeah. And then right back to business. But you're saying there isn't going to be a welcome back from your coma party? (laughs) Like, uh, I feel like I deserve it at this point. He's like, you know, I've been asleep for, like, basically asleep for two years. (laughs) I just love how, like, like, he's just like. I want, like, he's like, I deserve this. Yeah, it's so great. And he's like, well, sooner or later, I'm getting that party. Just, like, he's just, like, he's just laying it as, telling it as it is. And then immediately, you mention the artifact. Where is it? Mm-hmm. Like, right after your thing is my thing, where she's like, yeah, my brother, my little brother. And then explains that he, like, took off with the key to the tower, the crazy plan to use a courage potion, and pliers to get the the nail out of the revenant. And then um, <laughs> Warren asks, how old is he? Twelve. Warren looked astonished. What kind of training does he have? Not much. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I bet, I just, I feel like I could just like read Warren's mind and just be like, wow, this kid is ballsy. Like, I kind of like this kid already. I haven't even met him. Like, I'm going to like this kid. He just yeah. knows from that minute. He's like, it's just like, this is great. Like, as soon as he said 12, he's like, oh, it reminds me of myself. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can guarantee that. Dale and 
Warren were almost exactly like Seth and Kendra. Seth and Kendra, I, th- like, I think it's very similar. <laughs> Dale being the Kendra, like trying to temper out Warren, yes. but Warren just being like, ooh, and uh, Warren's- centaur over here, giant over there. Ooh, let's go explore that weird, creepy cottage. Yep. Like, and Warren is the younger brother, too. Exactly. <laughs> Like it's just I can just I can just feel like that would be the vibe. So great. And then oh, Warren does say that he is part of the Knights of the Dawn. Actually, no, he doesn't. <laughs> well, he well he told he Dale. like confirms it because Kendra's like, oh, the Knights of the Dawn, and then Warren's like, wait, how do you know that, uh, Dale? Dale? And he's like, Ugh. telling that guy a secret is like riding it across the sky. It's so great. <laughs> Such a brother thing to say. He's like, yes, I am part of the Knights like, of the Dawn. Even then, that is like Seth and Kendra. Like, Seth's always like telling Kendra things, and Kendra's spilling the beans every single That's time. That's true. That and is Seth's true. And like, I can't tell you anything. And she's like, because I'm trying to protect you. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was hilarious. Still continuing to break it down. Uh, p- talking about other people who would become mute albinos, and then um, somebody's locked up in the dungeon with Dale. Jackpot! Warren announced, "What cookies?" <laughs> so yes, we he's, get. Such a, he's such a man child, and I love it. It's so funny. Oh man, Warren <laughs> is so fun. Anyway, yeah, we, they we they get we, all their for Warren their stuff. Yes, we have been waiting for a long time. It feels like to talk about Warren. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So Kendra, like, explains the situation. They get all their stuff together. Mendigo comes back. And then they head off to the Grove after Seth. I love Warren trying to, like, he, he's a little bit proud. Like, he has a bit oh, of yeah. a pride <laughs> complex. Like, he's like, no, I can run. Gets, like, through, like, a mile. And he's like, okay, fine. But I'm running again in, like, 20 minutes. Yeah. He's just he's like, very stubborn. I think for him, you got to, like, admire his... Ability to bounce back because he's literally been, you know, basically comatose, catatonic for two years. And for him, he thought it was like a couple hours, maybe Mm. a day or two at most. And so now he has to like, you know, he said like he's starting right back where he left off. But then I feel like he has to, after this, you know, it doesn't talk about it in the book or anything. But I imagine he has to kind of come to terms with the fact that he lost two years of his life because of this and, you know, has to get back into life and figure things out, which mm-hmm. is kind of crazy. Yeah, and also, like, he's also going to this less, like, fit. Like, because yeah. he describes, like, he doesn't have the wind he used to. Like, yes, he hasn't, like, com- like his muscles haven't, like, atrophied from, like, disuse for over the past mm-hmm. two years. But, like, he's still, like, he's not in the same shape he was. Yeah. And so he's he doesn't have any of the gear that he had. Exactly. And so he's like he's going into this arguably much less prepared than he was when he went when he went to face the revenant the first time. Yep. <laughs> Another part that I like when they get to the grove, they find Seth's emergency kit and then Kendra's like, "Oh, he lost it from the first time he came." And Warren's like, "Wait, the first time?" <laughs> <laughs> So it's another one. He's just like, wait, what? <laughs> I love what is going on? He's just being like constantly more and more impressed by these yeah. two. Yeah. Like first, like Seth saying that he was like telling him that Seth was just going to go to the tower. Initially, he's like, okay, okay, dang mm-hmm. this kid. Kendra has an enchanted puppet. He's like, okay, okay. Yes. Seth has now faced the Revenant twice. He's like, these kids are cool. Yeah. And like then like Kendra mentions that she now is like she went to the fairy queen's shrine. He's like. She's like, yeah, I saved Fablehaven last year. I have the coolest cousins ever. Yeah. He's like, wow, these kids are, wow. He's like, these kids are cool, must protect. Like, more experience than I expected. So they find Seth, who is wiped. Yeah, completely passed out. Mm-hmm. Managed to wake him up with, like, a nice little potion, mm-hmm. as well as wake up Kendra as well, who needed the jolt. Yeah. Um, 
instant caffeine or something. But like, <laughs> it was probably a five-hour energy or something. Yeah, just chugged it. Whoa, wow. There we go. Ready to go. But um, but I love how like there's a quick thing where Vanessa is in control for like mm-hmm. just like five seconds. Yeah, where she sees that a. Warren is cured. B, mm-hmm. Seth is still good. So she's like, okay, that means everybody who was an albino is now healed or mm-hmm. whole. And yeah. Like, back in, the, back in the game. Yeah. And the way is clear. Like, mm-hmm. she can get to the vault. And that they're probably going to go in and she can go in after uh-huh. them. And so they immediately, like, she immediately leaves Seth's body. And it's like, she, oh. Yeah, you know, they know she's coming. They know she's coming. <laughs> And so it's like you know they're right behind them, and it's just very interesting. Mm-hmm. And I love the quick questions that Kendra asks to confirm Seth's idea uh, identity. Yeah, <laughs> um, like Seth War- like it looks like um, uh, Vanessa has left Seth's consciousness, and it, um, but Warren's like, eh, let's make sure. Ask him something only he would know. And Kendra is, what dessert did you hate in your school lunch last year? Cherry cobbler. And what was your favorite shadow puppet dad used to make? Chicken. How do you even make a chicken? I have no idea. <laughs> Food for thought. But. I don't know. You're going to try it? <laughs> try it on the wall right here. I think I know is a bunny. Come on. <laughs> you can't really see it because of the light. Yeah. That doesn't look too. <laughs> For context, I don't know if we'll leave this in, but Jessica was just trying to make shadow puppets on the walls <laughs> to try and see if she could make a chicken. But there's like eight or to, like to ten. There's too many lights, lights on, in here. There's so not, not enough shadows. Really yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're done. Yeah, but there's like <laughs> eight shadows of it I because know. the know. light is not concentrated. A beautiful dove. Good job. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we're done. Sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to see if I could make a chicken. I could not. But, um, and then I just love, like, Warren's respect goes up even higher. Potion or no potion, your brother must have the heart of a lion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he does. I hate it, but I love it. Yeah, yeah. Seth, Seth, see, he's good. He does good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He he really does. He He's always there when it counts. Yeah, he's oh, gonna, yeah. He's going to make a couple of... Dumb mistakes. mistakes. Like he's gonna capture a fairy. He's gonna trust the wrong person. But when it comes down to it, when you need him to show up, he shows up. Yeah, and he learns from his mistakes too. Very true. He makes the mistakes, but then he learns from it. Yeah, and there usually are mistakes of naivete. Yeah, like he doesn't know the consequences. That's just because he's young. Yes, and even then, sometimes when he does learn the consequences, like going into the woods can get you killed. But. Cool I could also in the woods. get batteries, get batteries, and get rich, you know. <laughs> but I also oh, next um, like right after that, they they get Seth like kind of back on his feet, but he's still very very out of it. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, we're sending him both, and Seth's like, no, I want to help. And uh, Warren and Kendra are both like, no. And so Kendra, um, I highlighted this. Kendra gave orders from Indigo to take Seth to the stables and watch over him, keep him safe for harm. And not allow him to wander off for a full day unless otherwise instructed. Yeah. <laughs> I smart. love that so that was, much. That was a very Just smart Just that thing. last bit. She's like, and don't let him leave. Like, he's staying there, okay? Yeah. She, she just knows he would find a way otherwise. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> That's just priceless for me. That's just hilarious. Like, also, he says, so like, too. this is no fair, Seth muttered. I'm just like, 
You, like, almost just died, and now you're being left behind because you cannot, like, physically do anything right now, mm-hmm. and he's still just like, this isn't fair. Like, I want to go see the cool monsters in the cave. What if there's a dragon in there? Yeah, he's like, this, the only reason that you're able to go in is because of me, and now you're not letting me go in with you? The only reason that you're able to kill the giant big demon is with, with my sword, and now I'm not allowed to take the credit. True. <laughs> <laughs> story of his life but yeah so i just love that kendra just knows her brother so well to be like no you're going home and we're making sure you're staying there we are going to go kick some butt more like she's just kind of going because otherwise she's kind of well no she's going for for good reasons like yeah she has like decent abilities that could help yes and like the art like her i think main argument is that she can recharge the artifact which is it's very, is very needed. important. Okay, so I just love how Warren's like, okay, here we go. It's like, we're going in. Like, charge up the guns. Yeah. We're going in with blazing. <laughs> and they the get in. belly of the beast. Mm-hmm. And um, I love how many times he gives Kendra an opportunity to back out. He's yeah. Like, if you go in, like you, you can't you leave cannot back without out. the artifact. Yeah. And I like that that's part of the design. That's really smart. Mm-hmm. They say... If you start going in, it is a, like, you get to the end or you die. Mm-hmm. Like, apparently, what was it? They said, going all the way to the end, there is a chance of survivability. But if you try to go back, it is, like, certain Impossible. Death. It is certain death. Yeah. You take the chance that maybe you'll survive to the end or you don't go in. <laughs> and Kendra is like, let's do this. Mm-hmm. What a queen. What a queen. You either finish the game or you don't play, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. I also love, like, when they open up the entrance, Warren gets another solid quip in. Like, it, like, starts dropping down in, like, concentric circles to, like, make, like, a staircase. Yeah. And Warren just goes, they just don't build entrances like they used to. <laughs> like, it's so unnecessary. But it's so Warren. <laughs> it's so funny. It's some, honestly, I feel like it's something Seth would say if he was there. Yeah. Like, Warren, I I can, you just feel like that, like, ah, back in my element. Like, you can just tell, like, this is where he is like a, this is where he feels alive mm-hmm. like he's excited he's still serious he's still he's like, definitely an he, adrenaline junkie <laughs> yes. but he still he does appreciate the yes the danger yeah like which is why he's trying to warn kendra and like knows he's gonna protect her but at the same time he's like before well, let's himself, have some, we're gonna have some fun yeah they do have one last chance to turn around because when they go down the stairs they come to a place where there's, like, a bunch of, like, things written in, like, different languages. And it says that Kendra can read, like, a couple of them, which mm-hmm. means that they're fair languages. But it says, This accursed sanctum lies outside the domain of Fablehaven. Do not proceed. Go in peace. That's, like, their last chance to turn back. And I like basically. that that's, like, a warning. Like, the treaty, the, like, the protections that humans get in these preserves, they're like, they do not apply here. Mm-hmm. If, like, you do not need to harm something for it have to have permission to kill you. Like, you have no protection here. Yeah. Get out. Like, these these traps, I like how, like, they were designed to be very, very difficult. So, like, as soon as they get in, I love how Warren is, like, immediately showing his experience. Mm-hmm. He is tapping with the key, which is, like, so it was, like, a long, slender pull. Now it has a spike at the end once they turned the... Once they, like, used it as a key. Now it's a spear. Or javelin, as is used to great effect multiple times. Uh, Yes. (laughs) 
So, yeah, he's, like, tapping in front of them. He's finding the trick staircases. Mm-hmm. Like, Which is something that you would never think of unless you were experienced, like mm-hmm. you said. And, like, it just war- like it just it makes you feel like Warren really is, like, a treasure hunter. He knows what he's yeah. doing and everything. Good old Night of the Dawn. Mm-hmm. They make their way through to the first obstacle. trial obstacle. obstacle. I don't know what you want to call it. Where mm-hmm. there's a door with a keyhole. And they see these paintings on the wall of, like, these different creatures, creatures, beings. They say that there's... So, Kendra saw a blue woman with six arms and a body of a serpent, a minotaur, a huge cyclops, and a dark man from who the waist up looked like human and from the waist down had the body and legs of a spider. Ugh. Ugh, yeah. An armored snake-like man wearing an elaborate headdress and a dwarf in a hooded cloak. And each of the images had a key hanging around their neck. Mm-hmm. And so Warren d- deduces that they have to fight one of these things to get the key to the door and able to to, to move forward. And oh. so they, they choose the Minotaur because they figure he might be slower and um, yeah. that he'll be able to. Also, there's like sand around the room and there's quicksand. And so they go mm-hmm. through and they mark... All the quicksand areas with X's so that they don't accidentally... Or, like, lines around them. Yeah, so they don't actually, like, walk into them mm-hmm. because that's part of the trap, you know. Because, of course. Because, of course it is. <laughs> uh, Warren is showing his experience. Like, they they have to touch the painting to mm-hmm. in order to, like, activate the creature that's yeah. within it. And so Warren touches it. He's ready to just go for the stab right off the bat. But it mm-hmm. appears behind him. Yeah. And Kendra wearing the glove so she's invisible is like behind you and Warren immediately dives to the side. And mm-hmm. begins like this elaborate game of like um cat and mouse. Yeah. And it's like it's super cool. Like Warren gets him on the on the nose, the, stays out of reach. The only problem is when the Minotaur starts learning and he baits Warren into stabbing with the spear so it can mm-hmm. grab it, turn it around, and, and jabs him with into Warren's gut. Mm-hmm. And like, at that moment, the war the Minotaur starts going after Kendra, and but Warren, bleeding from a stomach wound, like no, like charges forward with bloody spear, his own bloody spear, and manages to still take out the Minotaur with a feint by pretending to fall into one of the quicksand piles. He's smart. What a boss! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's experienced, and I love how he doesn't even kid himself, like. Like, he says, like, it only worked because the Minotaur thought that my wound was fatal. Mm -hmm. And he still might be right. I know. (laughs) When he said that, I was like, ah, man. (laughs) So, like, he just, like, binds a shirt over it. And, like, I could just just imagine, like, all that, like, blood just over, like, his, like, pale, pale, pale skin. Oh, And, like, he's albino still. This is disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. And, like... And he's and she's and Kendra's like worried like she's like are you can you keep going and he's like I kind of have to like there's no yeah. way I can you can't uh, turn around you mm-hmm. have to keep going so he just starts using the key as like a crutch starts and starts going I also like that at no moment they forget the fact that they're being followed like they close the door behind them make sure they they take the key mm-hmm. and they make sure that like it's gonna make they're gonna make it as hard for uh, Vanessa and the Errol as they possibly can. And so they um, miss a few, they jump a few more trick steps, and then they get into a beautiful um, room with a mosaic of a bunch of monkeys. Yep. 
bunch of monkeys sitting in a tree. A bunch of like different ones, like mm-hmm. gorillas or like orangutan chimps. And then Warren walks into the room first to like check if it's safe, and he has the key because he's using it as a crutch. And he's like, "Okay, I think it's safe because nothing happens." But then when Kendra walks in. It, it's really interesting how to describe it. It's like a monkey like falls down from the tree, but because it's like a mosaic on the floor, it's like falling upwards toward toward them. Mm-hmm. And so then one of the monkeys appears and starts. I think let's see, the axe disappears, doesn't it? The axe disappears from her from hands. Kendra. Appears in the appears hands in the hand of the of monkey, and then the monkey comes up. Yeah, the chimpanzee drops from his high perch, fell upwards towards yeah. the ground. Sailed right out of the mosaic, materializing in front of Kendra, branching the axe. Yeah, so what the trap is is that if you bring any other weapons other than the key, the monkeys will appear with each weapon and come and attack you. So it's to disarm you. So only thing that you can take into, like, the final boss level is the key. Mm -hmm. And I really love how, like, once they figure this out, like, Kendra looks at it and she's like, Maybe it's a good thing you didn't have all your equipment and all yeah. your gear. Where it's like, yeah, you're not kidding. It's like, yeah, you're another, probably right. Here's another warrenism. Being butchered by monkeys is pretty low on my wist- list of ways to go. <laughs> and then back to business. Let's go. Yes, I'm excited. Now we don't even we don't have to just have Sethisms. We We've can have warrenisms. Oh well, yeah, but Kendra-isms. no, now we have warrenisms, <laughs> and I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. So yeah. So then they go into the final boss level. Um, they walk into what they describe. A cylinder room where the floor was hundreds of feet below. Widely spaced sunstones providing su- sufficient light. A narrow catwalk without railings ringed the top of the room, level with the entrance. The roof bristled with barbed spikes. Kendra saw no way to descend. The walls were smooth and sheer all the way to the bottom where she could barely make out something in the center of the floor. And so then they find these, like... Um, Short rods. They, like, these rods, yeah. And they figure out that they basically make you, like, levitate, and you can, like, go up and down well, depending like on how... Contro- it helps you control gravity. Yeah. And gravity's influence on you. Because I, I like how they explain it. Like, if you hold the stick black, black tip up, gravity works normal. But the closer you tilt gravity to... The closer you tilt the stick to being total, like, 180, like, parallel mm-hmm. with the ground. It's zero gravity. It's zero gravity. And then if you start pulling the black pit tip down, gravity pulls you in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Like, gravity pulls you up instead yeah. of down. It's such a cool concept. It is, it is cool. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. And then they figure out that um, if you let go of the rod, it immediately goes back to its place in, like, the wall. So and so you have the, to hold it. So if you're on the floor hundreds of feet down. Yeah. And you let go. Your rod is gone. You're you're stranded down there. Exactly. And somebody can't grab two. Yeah. If you grab two, you get like electrocuted. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so they start kind of experimenting with it. And then Kendra actually almost goes and impales herself in the ceiling. But then they like figure it out. Like how to to work with it. Yeah. And then they go down to the floor of the the giant room. Mm -hmm. And here they find this little glass cat figurine, and they think it's so cute. And they figure the same way, they activate it the same way that they activated the other one. And I really like that that's kind of, like, been the theme of this entire, like, there's definitely a theme for this entire, like, trap, like, vault. Like, the first one, you touch a painting, it becomes real. Second one, painting again comes real. 
third one, this little statue f- art thing becomes real. True. It looks, it's such a cool theme. I haven't thought of that before. <laughs> Isn't it so that's, cool? That, yeah, that's an interesting theme. Just with like the whole painting. It's a cool theme. Yeah, it's really cool. It's neat. But this last one is the little cat. And I really love like the concept of this one. Like, it's so, so cool. So they, um, first off, like the cat becomes real and it's very friendly at first at first and then warren takes a little key off of its neck because like it's kind of similar to what happened in the first trap Mm -hmm. another theme there that immediately the cat becomes more hostile using that key he finds another little keyhole on the on the original key itself like the big Mm -hmm. long spear spear he does it and the spear part detaches and now we have a sword yeah so you have two weapons now which is very helpful is also meaning that they think you're going to need two weapons. So yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a hint of what's to come. Honestly, though, if somebody died in here, well, I guess the way is open. I was going to say, what happens if, like, the key is lost? Like the big key? Like the big key, yeah. How would it get lost? Like, if somebody dies when in, like, the sand, the sand room and it goes into one of the sinking, like, the quicksand pits... I think you're thinking too deeply about this. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Who's to say that the quicksand's that deep? Maybe it's, it's just deep it's, enough it's, to like get like your knees or your waist or something. Like immobilize you before. Yeah. Okay. That 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 could be still like if that goes in and then somebody else comes from behind you, not like knowing what happened to the key. Tall. I'm just saying. Maybe the sand's only four feet deep. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying. If that key went into a sand, quicksand pit and it was a magical pit that was endless, which I would put it past the creators of this death trap to do, you can add. There this, would be no way to kill the cat. You can add this to the list of questions for Brandon Mole. <laughs> <laughs> I have questions. No, it's good. No, you that, actually. That, I kind of want you to add this to the list. Okay. Do we have a list? What else is on? Well, the let's list? make a list okay, then. We'll make a list. What would have happened if the key had been lost? Because I imagine, like, if somebody had like died in the chip room, somebody else could have just walked and grabbed yeah, it and continued you on. Just, you just get it. Yeah. From the or like corpse. even if like as you see like if the cat as it becomes more dangerous as you kill it. Like, if it defeated you at one point, the key would just be in there, and you could get a rod, practice a bit, and then go down, get the key, and start fighting the cat. Mm-hmm. But if it goes into one of those sand pits, you're screwed. I'm not convinced they're deep. Like, they're endless. Well, I'm just saying, like, if it's lost in there, who's going to find it? Who's going to know that it's in there? So what you really do is you do a kamikaze mission where you go in, you hide the key in the sand, and then no one can ever get the artifact. That would do it. There we go. But then you can't get out, so you die. That's why and the secret kamikaze. dies with you. Exactly. <laughs> secret dies with you. That's interesting. That that would have been brilliant. They should have done that. <laughs> if the sand is deep enough, I guess. Which I don't think it is, but I don't know. I'm. I believe it's meant to be a death. Like the sand pits are no. What you actually do is you drop it down the the fake staircases. That'll do it. But then if you fall, never get the artifact. If you fall into the the fake staircases, like yeah, it's the secret is lost forever. That's a better problem than the sand. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying. Okay, then ask them. That's the question. What if someone did fall with the key? Would it like magically reappear? Ooh, maybe. Cause, like, I just feel yeah. like the wizards who created this place initially had to have, like, some trust <laughs> in the adventurers <laughs> that you're not going to try and get in here if you're stupid. 
Like, you wouldn't have gotten past I the mean, Revenant. I mean, Seth did try to get in there. <laughs> you wouldn't have gotten past the Revenant if you were True. stupid. Maybe, I feel like maybe the, because the wizards, they had to make it so, like, it wasn't impossible to get. So I feel like there would be some kind of fail safe where they would, like, reappear somewhere. Yeah, that's fair. Or else it would be, like, impossible because you can't kill the cat with no weapons. Mm-hmm. Like, that would not, I mean, unless you had, like, magic, maybe. Yeah, or a potion. Hey, guys, this is Future Megan editing this episode. The next chunk of this episode contains spoilers and references to people and events later in Fablehaven and Dragon Watch. So if you want to skip, go to 48 minutes and 10 seconds. I had a really interesting thought. Do you think, what if you took, you know how Bracken's is a unicorn, unicorn and his sword changes Do you think the sword would make it through the chimp thing? Do you think thing? the horn would the make horn? it through and then he could turn it into a to sword? To a sword, yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting question. Could Bracken make it through the chimp thing with his horn and then make it a sword and nothing would happen and he could use it? Or, like, a fairy who can turn, like, pretty much any object into... Yeah. Like, the fairies, Ooh. when they were, like, in their boss form, they were turning, like, flower petals into shields and blades of grass into spears. Mm-hmm. Or, like, the that wizard... What's a, What the frick is his name? That, like, is with the society? Is it, like, chains or whatever? Do you think, like, he could bring stuff in? Isn't that Mr. Lich? Oh, there's a wizard. Huh. What is his name? Ah, oh, frick. He, like, can't go out in the sunlight. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. I remember him. There's a wizard. Lich is... Uh, Lich is a... Uh, Vivoblix? No, not Vivoblix. Lectoblix? Zombie Baker. Zombie... Necromancer. Necroblix? Necroblix? Lectoblix? Raise of the Dead? Or is it Vivoblix? No, Vivoblix is... Drain's life. So it's... Oh, wait. I don't remember. He's a Blix. He's a some kind of Blix that raises the dead. Cause he's what the am I doing? I have zombies. the book that literally sells me. <laughs> <laughs> so do I, technically. Is it a Necroblix? But we already have a Narcoblix. It's either a Lectoblix or a Vivablix. And I, I just can't remember which one is which. I think Vivablix. No, no, Lecto is like Drain. I think Vivablix. I th- yeah, Revive. Vivablix. Yeah, because I was thinking Vivir, which is to live, which means like revive or to bring back to life. Yeah, Vivablix. Power to reanimate the dead. Lectoblix is you suck the life out. Okay, I like wait. that question of like. Can Bracken take his horn in and use the sword? Mm. Or for, like, a more, like, book-friendly, like, this book, like, spoiler-friendly, could, like, a fairy, like, bring in, or, like, a magic person bring in a regular object and transform it into a sword? Because, mm-hmm. like, we saw the fairies do that yeah. when Kendra was helping to free Fablehaven. That's true. Like, magical creatures cannot get onto the, get into this, this vault area. Like, we see that Mendigo can't get in, Hugh oh, can't go in. Oh, Yeah. So would a fairy be able to get in? Or like another magical creature? Yeah, but Bracken could do it. Sorry, I, know. I, know I, I don't saying, know. I keep saying I don't spoilers, know but I don't care. I don't know that he can. Why not? Because he's a unicorn. Yeah, but he's like, I if he's not in his unicorn shape, I feel like. Or could like, what's his name? Okay, then why can the wizard go into the dreamstone? He's not a mortal. He wasn't a dragon, though. What about Navarog? He goes into Las Mesa. You're right. He's he's, he's not a dragon. Immortal. He's a dragon. So I feel like if a dragon can go in, then a unicorn can. But I don't think a fairy could. I feel like Bracken could go in. If a wizard and a dragon could go in, a oh, unicorn well, yeah. could in his in his 
And, he, and Gavin even switches, switches into, into his dragon, dragon form. form. But I guess maybe you could argue that the magic is gone form. because the artifact is. But I don't know. Which, hmm? But the wizard does go into the dreamstone before they leave with does the artifact. Does Vigo enter the grove after the after the after the next, after the, the revenant is gone? Does he, or do, do they take him? I don't know. Go, let's go check. <laughs> this is the coolest conversation I've right? ever had. <laughs> nope. They emerged from the grove okay. and hurried to Mendigo. So it's still cursed. So that that grove is still cursed. <clears throat> yes. Is that because the artifact is still there and therefore the protections are still in place? And could Mendigo have entered post-removal? Because the argument as to why Hugo and Mendigo cannot enter is because they are enchant, like they are magical creatures. Yeah, but they're not like beings like unto mortals. But when Bracken takes his like human form, I feel like especially without he would his third, be able to. Without his third horn... Yeah, Especially, like I he cannot he change it. into a unicorn at all. I think he could get in without his third, without his third. third and hmm, could Calvin come in? Because he can't go into the that Ooh. that castle. He can't cross that boundary. I don't know what the rules are. <laughs> this is intriguing. This is interesting. Huh? I don't know. These are big questions. So I think the, what it comes down to is, could Gavin get into Lost Mesa because the protections were deactivated and the artifact had already been removed? Or would he have been able to regardless? Um, I think he would have been able to regardless because he's a dragon and Shalice is the dragon. And dra- and she's and Patton, like, they switch her in because Patton killed the other dragon. But the artifact had already been removed at that point. That's true. But I feel like even if the other dragon had died, they would have still been able to put the new dragon in, you know? Or else they wouldn't have a dragon there to guard it, and then that would be one of the guardians that were gone. Hmm. What happens to Shalise? Is she just roaming free on Lost Mesa at this point? I guess so. Or didn't she overthrow the treaty? Yeah, they overthrew the treaty. So is she just loose in the world? No, because remember, dragons can't really go into the human world. Like, they talk about that a lot in Dragon Watch. Oh, because of the power of unbelief. Because of the power of unbelief and then the the Sovereign's goal. I'm impressed I pulled that out of my brain. Yeah, I'm impressed, too. <laughs> it's because I reread it, like, four or five months ago. That's why. I think that... I think Bracken um, could have gone in indefinitely without his third horn. I don't think the Fairy Queen could have gone in. I don't think a regular fairy could I don't could think go a regular fairy could go in. I don't think, like, especially, the like... Fairy the Fairy Queen... I don't think so. She's a unicorn. I don't think so, though. Like, I don't know why. We should, like, but no, she literally is a unicorn. I know, but I think it's just because, like, it's because the dragon is in its... In its human form? Like, that's the only reason that Celebrant can get into the castle, is if he takes True. his human form. But is the castle have different rules than the artifact places, than the yes, vaults? Yes, probably, but I think the principles apply. Hmm... Who, let's see. Oh, but like the castle, it's because of the power of the Wizenstone, which is different power than the wizards. The Wizenstone is more powerful than the wizards. And so I feel like the wizards wouldn't be able to keep out dragons, but the Wizenstone probably could. I don't know. <laughs> okay, is... I think I think if any mortal or imp- mortal type being think... could come in, but not Mendigo or Hugo. Maybe, a per- maybe it just has to be someone with like free will. 
That is a, more like a human. I guess Hugo has free will now, but agency. <sighs> I don't know. Like, I don't even. I don't know if Brandon Bull has ever thought about this. Is, this. <laughs> What was the problem that we were talking about? Like, if, weapons. The, if the key was oh, lost. Oh, yeah, if the key was lost. That's where this all started. How would they started. beat the cat? I think it would, like, reappear somewhere. That's my theory. Or else I, it would be impossible. I think it's the wizards just saying, we're <clears throat> trusting that whoever has the gall to come in here isn't going to be <laughs> stupid enough to fall into the quicksand pit or down the fake stairs. Yeah. I can see what's his name, Ajad, doing. <laughs> <I'm saying laughs> yeah. that. I could be like, let's not make this a problem. <laughs> That's true. Oh, yeah. But, okay, continuing on. Okay, that was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> we just got thinking of different things. You, you pulled some good points. Like, Thank the, you. the Gavin point. Yeah. And, like. Well, then it's just interesting. interesting. Like, that was, that was fascinating. I don't think the fairy. I feel like they would. No. I don't know. I feel like the fairy queen could go in. I think the fairy queen I think can only go though anywhere. If she, if she, she has like, one of the original pushed. crowns. But I think only if she. I think. That's part of the reason that, like, Mendigo and Hugo can't go in is because it has, like, that such strong magical force. I think if she relinquished her crown and went in without her third horn, maybe. Like, I think Bracken can go in as is without his third horn. I would argue that Gavin, because he was initially in his weakened form, could get in. And then when he was in a place with a dragon, he could therefore transform into a dragon. Because I doubt he could have escaped. Because that, that cave was designed to... It was designed to hold a dragon much bigger than either of them. Much older and more bitter and more yeah. powerful. So I think that's why he was able to transform. Because they knew that even if he did transform, he would not be able to escape. I doubt if they would let anybody with enough power to like just bypass all the traps and just like poof out to enter the space. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes, but then that begs the question: Are were the power were the, like the wizards more powerful than the fairy queen? No, to be able to. But I stop think just, someone like her. Well, was the fairy queen able to beat all of the demons? Was she able to? She was able to imprison them. No, like the dra- the wizards were originally <coughs> dragons, very old, very powerful True. dragons who then chose to augment their powers. Okay, so you're by becoming human. I see. I wasn't seeing this as, like, your argument, but now I do, that they wouldn't allow someone as powerful as, like, someone like the Fairy Queen because then they could probably go through all of the things and still get out. Mm-hmm. So that's your argument. Um, I don't know. Like, I think that's why they don't let Hugo or Mendigo in because they could handle those Because they traps. can't really die. They can't die. They would be able to take Easily. on the Minotaur. They would be able to take on the Chimps. They That's themselves true. are weapon, weapons. They would take out the yeah. cat. That's why I think they won't let it in because it like they, it has to be a human or near human. Mm-hmm. So with, in a human form. With mortal capabilities or near mortal capabilities such as a wizard. Well, I still, I, your, your point about the wizard getting into the, the, dream um, stone? the dream stone still stands. Yeah. But I don't, at the same time, I don't think that. Well, the wizard's not nearly as powerful as as the fairy queen alone. I think the yes. wizards would be more okay. powerful together. Yes, like there were like, I think there were five or saying. six. Like, yeah, there were like, like five the, wizards the that created. The most powerful yeah. wizards of all time, yes. 
Was he a traditional? Was he just? Was he a wizard though? Like I wish I could freaking remember his name. I don't know I that. Feel he like was it starts with an M or something. Miraz, Mirag, Mirag. It is no Miraz is the Mirag? guy from Prince Caspian. I know, but I think it's like <laughs> it is Mirag? something. Yeah, it's like something. It starts with like an M. Let me go on the wiki. I'm gonna say that I'm gonna guess that he was not a traditional wizard because I want to say that Ajad, A Ajad, was like Agid. Yes, him. Agid was like one of the last traditional wizards, having once been a dragon and taken on the permanent human form in order to augment their powers. Okay, once we get to the fourth okay, book. The, the, the wizard guy from the fifth book. I think he pumps. Doesn't he come up with the fourth? Is he in the fourth? No, I know, no, I, I know no, he's no. in the fifth he's one. He's in the fifth for sure. He's in the fifth a couple of times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have not finished Dragon Watch. Do not listen to the past like five minutes, because I we just talked about things of. I was trying to bring it out too. I was trying to Dragon bring Watch. it out of the spoilers, and then you boil it right well, back in. Well, it was an interesting question, and I wanted it to was, see where it would go, and it went to a very interesting place. The cat is very interesting. <laughs> yes. Okay. So now that back we're from done spoiler from portion. spoilers, welcome back. We went on for a long time. Sorry about that. No, I think people will enjoy it. But, um, okay. So, yeah. Back to the cat. So, regardless of what would happen. Thing. What, regardless of what would happen if you had lost the key, they have the key. The key is now a spear and a sword. Yes. And so, they touch the cat. The cat comes at him. They behead the cat. And boom. Yay. We win. Right? Wrong. Starts bubbling and then forms into a bigger cat. Slightly bigger. A little bit bigger. Like a bigger than any, I believe she, like Kendra's like, bigger than any house cat. Yeah. And a lot more mean. So it comes at Warren, attacks him, but he gets the head again with the sword. And like, okay, going, going good so far. Next, I believe it's Lynx. It's a Lynx form. Yeah. Comes at them. It does get, gets Warren's leg, I think. And they still have their rods, so they can, like, kind of, like, yeah, less can, gravity like, and do, like, moonwalk jumps. Get away from it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, like, Warren figures out the cat itself is the vault of the of the artifact. Mm-hmm. And they have to defeat it. And it seems like every time they kill it, it's getting bigger. However, another problem arrives, I think, after they've killed it for maybe the third or fourth time. Where, um, at this point, it is a giant lynx who got Warren, um... Like on the leg, Warren gets up to the gets up to the ceiling, and then we get another Warrenism. He Warren's like, "Here, kitty, kitty." The beefed up Lynx began pacing, stay out of range, moving with sure grace, hunting for an opening. It darted at Warren and pulled back, faked a second charge. Warren danced backwards. Why am I starting to feel more and more like a mouse? Warren <laughs> complained. I love that how like humor yeah. and starkness is like his clearly it's d- his defense mechanism. It's his fallback. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's a jokester. Mm-hmm. Also, he's when they start killing it and it keeps coming back. He's like, I don't like this pattern. Like, like this doesn't look good. I don't like where this is going. It keeps getting bigger. Uh huh. And so then I love how Warren, even when he's dealing with this huge cat and Kendra's just in kind of like hovering in the middle of the air, like he's the one who notices. That, lo and behold, Vanessa and Errol have arrived. Kendra isn't doing anything. She's just hovering in mm, the air. Nope. And Warren, who is dealing with a giant killer cat, still notices. Yeah. Like, this man is a king. He's a boss. He has good situational awareness. <laughs> uh-huh. I, think Kendra, I don't think Kendra's doing it. I think she's, like, holding either the spear or the sword while Warren's not holding, using it. I think she's holding the sword. One of yeah, the two. Yeah, because... 
Warren was swinging off the. Anyway, the she's holding one of the things. Yeah. Oh, well, oh right when they Vanessa gets there, they switch. So now she has the spear. Yeah. And then Vanessa is like, "We need to work together to kill the cat." And Warren's like, "I'm I'm not very big on being backstabbed. Like <laughs> a convenient <laughs> idea, considering we have the weapons." Is what yeah. he says, I believe. And Vanessa's like, still trying to. She's like, "How many times have you killed it?" And Warren's like, "None of your business." He's like, "I'm not telling you squat." I love how he's never even met her. Yeah, and, and he's yet, just like, I hate you. No, his fifth word to her was, get out of him, hag. Yeah. He called her a hag yeah. just right off the bat when when she was inhabiting Seth. Of course, Vanessa and Errol are like, well, we can change that really quickly. And then they go after Kendra, who's got one of the weapons. The weapons, yeah. And Kendra tries to throw the spear to Warren, but it falls on the ground. And Vanessa and Errol go for the weapon. Yeah, they, they go immediately for the spear. go for it, yeah. And that causes the downfall. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I also love that it shows that Vanessa and Errol weren't slouches at all either for getting through the traps. They picked the Cyclops in the painting room mm-hmm. because Vanessa said lots of bare skin for her darts. Genius move. Yeah. And they figured out just based on the dead chimp and the axe on the ground, don't go into the mosaic room without with, with any weapons. weapons yeah and they've already clearly figured out how to use the gravity sticks it's a reason the society sent them <laughs> exactly although yeah i definitely get the vibe that like vanessa was probably due to the one doing more of the heavy lifting because oh like, yeah Errol, yeah you see in the next few pages he goes down quick vanessa is way more capable than errol yes <laughs> which is why i think christopher vogel was the quick throwaway um traitor whereas she was the deep agent yeah oh yeah so um yeah basically it doesn't end well for errol so he yeah. gets mauled by the they cat. go down for the they go down looking trying to get the spear errol um gets injured vanessa tries to get him help him get up but like uh, vanessa tries to help him out but he gets taken down so vanessa now has yeah. the spear mm-hmm. warren has a sword errol is dead no, down for the count uh-huh. <laughs> well before Errol does still get, like, a line in. Like, um, Vanessa's like, how many times have you killed it? Warren finally says, okay, three times. So this is its fourth, fourth life, Errol says. Hang me if it has less than nine. I do love this that thing. That is a good though. line. Like, it's just, like, I love that they played off, like, cats have nine lives. Mm-hmm. And, like, they made it a cat that literally has nine lives. Like, I like that. I'm just wondering, was that actually a saying, like, 400 years ago? When this, like, because, like, this, like, Fablehaven itself is, like, 1750, right? That's that's 400 years old. 300 years old. Oh, I promise I can count. I think the thing is older, isn't it? Yeah, the thing is even older than that. You are making more <laughs> little nitpicky things. I'm just saying. <sighs> Maybe this is where the Cats Have Nine Lives saying comes from. You can go Google that afterwards. It has something to do with Egypt. Google it right now. Where does the saying Cats Have Nine Lives come from? Or like the belief? Maybe it does come from Egypt. I don't know. And that way, it would definitely be old enough. Apparently, Shakespeare referenced it. Was it like the 1600s? Mm-hmm. 1500s? Wait. What is Shakespeare? Creation myth. Hang on, hang on. A common creation myth leads back... Uh, this. Why nine lives? This too is up for debate. We love to relate... Hang on. 
feline lore all the way back to ancient Egyptians who revered and even worshipped cats. A common creation myth states that th- says that the sun god Ra, who took the shape of the great tomcat or Mao during his visits to the underworld, engendered eight other gods, thus representing nine lives in one. Okay, well, there you go. It also has um, mystical significance in Christianity and Hinduism, Chinese... Norse mythology, universe is divided into nine worlds, Greek mythology, nine muses. But nine is not, ooh, nine is not ubiquitous. Elsewhere in the world, cats are said to have seven lives, Spanish-speaking regions, or six lives, Turkish and Arabic regions. Wow. Interesting. I did not know that. Okay, so yeah, maybe. A cat has nine lives. For three, he plays. For three, he strays. And for last three, he stays. Three, he plays. Three, he strays. And for the last three, he stays. That's from Romeo and Juliet. Well, there's your answer. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe it was that old. So, okay, I'll, I'll give it to you, Brandon. I'll, I'll give that one to you. And now we've learned a probably useless bit of trivia. Where the, where the saying, <laughs> where does cats have cats nine, have nine lives, lives come from? Thanks, Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> or possibly earlier. Yeah. Anyway. Thanks, Raw. Uh, they, they keep killing the cat, and it keeps getting bigger and beefier and has more things attached. So, I think... <laughs> Seven or eight is seven. No, seven is panther with s- snakes coming out of its back. Yeah, snakes who are poisonous. Eight is two heads. Or venomous. Eight ha- is two panther heads. Yeah. Giant panther. I believe, like, they describe it as, like, what? Much larger now than any horse. That's eight. That's freaking t- <laughs> That's huge. Oh, okay. So eight <clears throat> does not have any snakes or other oddities. It just has two heads. Oh. But it's bigger than a horse. And I love the I love how they immediately fall into a system. Vanessa and Warren, yes, they're on opposite sides, but they work well together. They like, do right work the well bat, together. Yeah, they start doing this whole like bait and throw where Vanessa has the spear and is throwing it while um, the person with the sword is like baiting the panther. Mm-hmm. And Vanessa does good. She she gets a bunch of good throws in until like the thing finally like collapses. But eight, we find out that the double headed panther can also spit acid. Hmm. Yes. So it nails it Warren with that one. They managed to get him up to the catwalk and try to get him, like, try to get him stabilized. And, like, Vanessa's, like, she looks through Tana's pouch and she finds a gaseous potion. She's, like, this will turn you into a gaseous, like, like basically you will become, like, a cloud, like a mist. Mm-hmm. And Warren says, no. Give me the sword. I'm taking this cat down. Yeah, so they're like on the catwalk right now, like a couple hundred like feet above. Yeah, hundred feet, hundreds of feet above the cat who is just like pacing down the bottom, and he's like, he he thinks he's dying. He's been sprayed with. Warren acid. like is dying. Yeah, literally, he has been stabbed in the gut. His leg has been mauled. He is been sprayed with acid, and he and he's pr- given an option to at least preserve his life till maybe they can get him help. And he says no. Give me, like, the give me the sword. Spear. No, I think it's a spear on this part. The spear. Give me the spear. Give me the freaking spear. He just dives off the catwalk. Yeah, he like rolls off. Plunges down and just jabs the spear into the, the in between the two necks mm-hmm. and collapses to the ground. And Kendra, to her credit, dives right after him. She grabs the potion from Vanessa, dives Ooh. off the catwalk after and Warren, and gives him the potion. As the as, as the cat is reforming. And luckily, he's alive enough to be able to take the yes. potion, because you can't take it if you're dead. Uh-huh. So then... Oh, and also poisoned by a snake bite. I forgot about that. Yes. He was, he's also dying from that. What. So then, the ninth and final version of the cat appears... It says, as Vanessa launched into the air, Kendra watched the ninth version of the Guardian emerge. 
long wings unfurled. Twelve serpents sprouted from various spots along its back. Three heavy tails swayed, and three heads bellowed together, a deafening sound even from where Kendra stood behind the beast. The great wings beat down, and the beast took flight, pursuing Vanessa. Probably still bigger than, like, probably the size of an elephant at this point, let's be honest. Honestly, yeah, it's probably Uh, uh, enormous. Yeah, huge. And it can fly. And it can now fly. And spit Which acid. was literally their only, it was their only defense, was the yeah. fact that they could get out, like, using the gravity rods before it could get to them. Mm-hmm. And now, so now it has yeah. more mobility, because they don't have lateral movement. They only have up and down. Yeah. Oh, that's true. It can go anywhere. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, it starts chasing Vanessa, and then Kendra looks up, and she sees Coulter and Tanu descending down to the ground. So now they have also joined the fight, and Tanu... Grabs the potions from Kendra, takes one, and he turns, like, giant. Like, it makes him, like, I don't know, a couple times bigger and than he usually is. And this is while Vanessa is being bitten by snakes, sprayed with acid, yeah. and crumbling Vanessa's to the now ground. the bait. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's just, like, yeah, and so, but Oh, how Tanu, the turntables. <laughs> how tall is he at this point? Is he twice as tall? I don't know. He's, he's now a giant because yeah. of his potion. And he grabs the, the sword. And starts going at it, stabbing, slashing, mm-hmm. hacking off. It says, like, hacking off wings and serpents, even as he was clawed and bitten. Tanu's heavy arm, heavy arm pissed in mercilessly until the monster crumbled, and Tanu collapsed atop the beast, bleeding from bitter wounds. So, yeah, Tanu was just like, he's let's like, take care of business. Uh, he's like, he just comes <laughs> in, he's like, let's take it, like, like, let me wrap it up for you people. Yeah, he thanks, comes in for the final for blow. The, thanks for doing the Thanks for doing the heavy lifting. Up, warm up, I'm going to come in like, clean up for you. He's like, I'll do the final act right here. <laughs> they were the opening opening acts. Yeah. Tano's the Tano's they the were, They were the appetizers. <laughs> and here's the dessert. A little cat teapot. Yep. <laughs> and Coulter goes and grabs it and he's like, really? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, doesn't look like much. And then they give it to Kendra and <gasps> she feels it filling up and then when she starts to like pour it because it's like a teapot sand starts coming out and they figure out that they're like healing so like any any wound that you pour the sand on will heal and so she starts going around and like healing everybody she also it doesn't even just heal them of their wounds it heals them of their albinoness mm-hmm, of their albinism that's that's a better thing thank that you. is the word <laughs> of their, i only the, know that because it's in the book okay. <laughs> um it doesn't even just clear, heal their physical wounds it heals them heals them of their albinism yes albinism? Albinism. Oh, albinism. Albinism. Which is, like, very convenient because, like, we don't want Tanu, Coulter, and Warren being, like, white ghosts all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, they managed to go, They um, Van- uh, Kendra is like, I should probably go heal Vanessa, huh? Yeah, she <laughs> does the right thing yeah. and heals Vanessa. She tries to heal, heal Errol, but, you know, he's already dead. Got so he, he cannot dead. bring people back from the dead. <laughs> And they do manage to save Warren, who was almost on gone. the brink of death. Like he was nearly yeah gone. She like waits for him to turn back from a gas, and she immediately starts pouring the sand mm-hmm. all over him, and it heals him. Uh-huh. And then, um, so then they like they tell Vanessa, "Hey, like just so you know, like jig is up. We know we got people outside who are ready to apprehend you. It's over." Mm-hmm. And so they start bringing him out. This is a really cute. So they go back and they end up back in the room with the sand and stuff. And Dale is there. Because Dale had gotten hurt by the hobgoblin. Yeah. So Dale is there. And then 
Um, it's so cute when Warren and Dale, they reunite and like Kendra can't even go and like heal him because they're just like, you know, having a reunion. I, I have it pulled up. Can I, can I read it? Sure. Dale shouted in ecstasy upon seeing his brother revived and well, and they embraced for a long while before Kendra could get near enough to heal his legs. Mm-hmm. That's so sweet. Dale! Like, there was something about Dale that we wanted to talk about last time. What was it? And we missed it. Oh, they had to hold Dale back from going That's what and it finding was. Seth. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so we forgot to mention this last time, but when they went to go investigate what had happened to Seth, like, Tanu and, like, Coulter say they had to hold Not Dale Coulter, back. Vanessa. Oh, oh, was it Vanessa? Oh, I Coulter. Coulter. Oh, Coulter. Oh, yeah, Coulter you're right. Coulter was you're an right. albino. You're right, you're right, you're right. So, like, they were going to investigate Coulter and Seth. That's what it was. Yeah. Taylor's like, we had to hold Dale back from charging like going into the, into grove. the grove. yeah. And I can just imagine for Col- for what that must have been going through, like, th- for Dale. He had just lost his brother. And after, like, like taking care of Warren for years, he's, like, he and he it's very clear that he feels very protective over Seth and Kendra. Mm-hmm. Like, Dale had to go through with this book. And I think it's even more, like, meaningful because Dale has tried literally everything to heal Warren. Mm-hmm. And so everyone else is like, there's no way to do it. And like, of course, Dale, he he says he'll never stop trying, but of course they're kind of running out of mm-hmm. ideas. And so now he is thinking that and either just, Seth is either turned into albino and will not be revived or has been eaten by a locked glutton. Yeah. And I can just so. imagine like when he finds out that Seth is gone and like that they've gone to the, like to the Revenant's Grove, I can just hear him thinking, not again. Mm-hmm. I can't do it again. Yeah. And so now that he gets to have, like, he gets Seth, his brother he, he back. He finds out that Seth's alive. Yeah. Because he, he, last he thought he was dead. Like, last he knew, Seth was dead. True. Warren is now revived. And, like, like can you imagine? This must be such a great day for Dale. Like, I just. Probably the best day of his life. And probably the last we really ever hear of him. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of. Oh, he does. A, he goes he, out he does a, some in the third book, but. Yeah, yeah, not okay. much. But I just love the fact <laughs> that Dale is given perfect. this like, like now I've seen like he's wiping he he's wiping away tears of joy. Yeah. Like I love you, Dale. Like okay, I love you for this, Dale. Like you and Warren deserve that. Okay, alrighty. Moving on, chapter twenty-one. We start off with Seth being jealous that he wasn't there. He's a jelly boy. Yeah. He's like, tell me about the cat again. Like, I I imagine he's probably just been like, oh, come on. Like, tell me again how cool it was. Like, Mm -hmm. Whereas Kendra's like, I nearly died. Yeah. You nearly died. Let's keep that in perspective. And Seth's like, but it must have been so cool. But it was awesome. And I love how she does end up still kind of like telling extra details of the story, like about Vanessa when she was hosed down with acid and... Seth being like, all that to guard the lamest thing ever, a shabby old tea- teapot. Um, a teapot that cured all your zombie wounds, Kendra said. Yeah. I know it's useful, but it looks like a bad decision from a really pathetic gar- garage sale. <laughs> you just like it because your fairy voodoo made it work. Also, I love how he's like, a giant flying snake-covered three-headed acid-bleeding panther. If you didn't have witnesses, I'd be sure you'd made it up just to torture me. But yeah, so after our... <laughs> Friendly sibling banter. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so friendly, depending on your perspective. But um, um, Grandpa is healed as well. He was he had had his legs broken at the beginning of this mm-hmm. book, and now he's yeah. healed, and so now he's good. So that's nice. And so um, now they're going down to witness Vanessa's judgment or... Yeah, incarceration. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So the Sphinx showed up at the very end of the thing and yeah. took 
they took custody of Vanessa and they like put her in the dungeon and she's been watched for this entire time probably like about a couple a days day, yeah a day or two a day or two saying like to make sure she doesn't go into another one of her like narcoblex trances and yeah. take control of anybody and so the Sphinx however comes up with a brilliant idea of how to keep her contained mm-hmm. so at the beginning of this bo- book when um, Grandma Sorensen was going through and showing Seth and Kendra the dungeon she showed them the quiet box which can only take one prisoner at a time and would keep its prisoner in like a trance like state. Yeah. Where they're not like not aware of time passing, like they cannot be like they cannot talk, they can't hear anything from the outside world. Yeah. It's like nothing is happening for mm-hmm. them. I think it's described as like a sensory deprivation almost. Yeah. And that way, like, it's also, like, dampens her ability to be able to Reach control out. people. Mm-hmm. And so she won't be able to control anyone while she's in the, the quiet box. So it's, like, a perfect solution. So, yeah, that's, like, the – that was the problem is that they don't, yeah. didn't have anywhere that they can guarantee that mm-hmm. she would be either watch 24-7. And so quiet box. Sphinx is, like, that's the perfect place. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, um, but what about the person who's already in there? Yeah, you have to put someone in to take someone out. So there's already a prisoner. And the Sphinx says that he knows who the prisoner is and that they're not, like, So powerful as to warrant such a, yeah. such a prison. Okay, so basically, they end up do putting, just to, like, summarize so we can get to the meat of this discussion, they put Vanessa in the quiet box and out comes this guy with, like, dressed in, like, rags and, like, cuffed and manacled with a hood over his head. Yeah. So the Sphinx immediately off, um, escorts out and leaves with. However, before Vanessa went in, she told Kendra, I remain your pen pal. Mm-hmm. Which is what they said earlier when mm-hmm. she was teaching her about, like, the umite wax and stuff. Kendra hears that and thinks, hmm, that seems like a weird thing to say right before you are sentenced yeah. to life in a limbo. Mm-hmm. But so she ends up going down to the dungeon that night after Kendra's been put in, after Vanessa's been put in the quiet box with her umite candle. And she goes to her, Vanessa's cell and finds a very, very long message for mm-hmm. her. Basically, what Vanessa's message is, is like, I have information. Basically, it's like Vanessa's showing her hand mm-hmm. because, you know, she's going to be stuck in the quiet box. And unless she, like, reveals something, she's not going to have anything. And so her lesson all along is how the society, they always set up a threat and then send someone in to get rid of threat in order which to is build what, trust yeah so that's what she did with errol and then she reveals that the sphinx is the leader of the society of the evening star or at least according to her mm-hmm. there's a question about if vanessa is you know a reliable Legitimate. source <laughs> but of course you know that would be quite the betrayal mm-hmm I love, like, she, like, immediately knows that that will be a very hard pill to swallow for yeah. anybody. Um, and she goes, okay, I know you're not going to trust me. Mm-hmm. Let me lay out, like, two pages of reasons <laughs> yeah. as to why. And I love how she, like, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. <laughs> that is <laughs> literally that is literally this yeah, message. Yeah, she's like, he, did, he, like, totally betrayed me, and so I'm going to. She's like, he could have. He could have earned his most loyal follower mm-hmm. if he had just said, oh, I have a prison off the preserve that I can put her in and she will never hurt anyone. Yeah. And then, like, released her as he went because he suspects that she knew that who mm-hmm. he was. Yeah. I mean, she's a very good spy. So. Yes. <laughs> she's very good at what she does. Yes. And so, like, he could have 
earned himself like a very loyal follower if he had trusted her. And but saved her, but yes. he didn't. And he could have very, very easily. Yeah, he could have been like, oh, I'll go put her in this prison or whatever. And then like, yeah. actually, you know. Easily. And then he did it. Very easily, but he did not. And so she's like, well, and she frick would... you. I'm going to tell your secret. <laughs> and I love how she wouldn't have known that except for Mr. Lish was blabbing down in the, sec- down in the cells because he was like insinuating that she'd be put in the quiet box because mm. she wouldn't have known what her fa- That's fate true was until the end. But yeah. Lich was blabbing, and so now she's like, "Well, now I, I get this. to have my last, like yeah. my last shot." Mm-hmm. And so she's like, "I may only have one dagger, but I'm gonna stab it in his back right now." Yep. Uh, he was saying he knows that she knows who he is. That he's both like he's playing both sides. Like le- as leader of the Society of the Evening Star and as like a friend to the caretakers, she claims um, because she is a known traitor, he he gets to look like a hero and and a friend of Fablehaven as he locks her in the most secure cell. Even if um, he's not the leader, he like even if he doesn't know for sure that she knows his secret, he gets to just have the comfort of knowing that she is safely put away and can't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. And then he gets out of it a powerful ally, whoever was the previous occupant of the quiet box, like whoever was in there. Yeah. And now, like, undoubtedly will be indebted to the Sphinx for freeing him. There's an extra layer. I kind I like how Vanessa, like, ends the letter or the, the note. If not your friend, your disillusioner. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man, yeah. Well, you did just kind of, like, bring things crashing down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that is yeah. if she's telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, even, like, saying, like, she doesn't know how many artifacts he has. He's been at it for centuries. And then she's, like, she says, considering his actions at Fablehaven and in Brazil, he has apparently decided that the time for aggressiveness has arrived. Beware the evening star is rising. Had he trusted me, his secret would still be safe. But he spurned me and underestimated me, so his secret is revealed. My loyalty is no longer his. I know how much more that I know much more that could be useful to you and your grandparents. And then she just leaves that little note to like be like, so you can come talk to me whenever. Like that was the ultimate tease. Yeah. Well, she's she's very smart in how she like gives away information. Mm -hmm. You know, she she does it to her benefit most, which is you know obvious like a good tactic for her but i just vanessa still kind of sees herself as kendra's friend yeah but i feel like it's also i feel like vanessa is very good at manipulating relationships and so that's why i find it hard to believe that she would really be a f- like a friend at this point so where because when do you think she gets to be the friend point mm, probably the fifth book hmm because right now, like, I feel like what she's, she, like, set herself up. I think she does, like, like Kendra and, like, sees potential in her. But she used Kendra to, like, get her message out to be like, oh, I'm your pen pal. And then trusted her to go find the message. And then, you know, she adds things like, I can, I have more information that could be useful to you and your grandparents and stuff like that. Like, I feel like. At this point, she's still, like, manipulating her relationship with with Kendra a little bit to try and mm-hmm. help herself. That's fair. So, yeah. It's it's not real friendship at this point. Yeah. It's more spy tactics. Mm-hmm. But okay. I think she likes Kendra. 
Yeah. Like she, she like like she sees potential in her, but I wouldn't say she's a friend yet. Yeah. That's especially fair. after betraying her. Mm-hmm. Okay, so right off the bat, if you get this message, do you believe Vanessa? <sighs> no. No. <laughs> I wouldn't take it all the way. Okay. No, I would be skeptical. I mean, it's almost like if you look at it from one side, it makes sense, but if you turn it around, it also makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's hard to know people's motives. And so she displays the Sphinx actions as one way of his motives, and he's saying a different thing. So it's like, he said, she said, you know. And so that's like oh, one yeah. of the questions at the end of the book. What do you think of the end of the book? What reasons are there to believe the final message? What reasons are there to disbelieve it? So what reasons are there to believe it? What does Vanessa have to lose at this point? Nothing. Like her, like... She just wants to take one last shot at her employers, is what she said. Like mm-hmm. she's like she knows that odds are she might not be believed, and that's why she gives so many reasons. Yeah, like, she's like I, but like just listen, hear me out is basically her point. Mm-hmm. And I love that she just doesn't say like the Sphinx is a traitor, and then like say like open up the box so I can tell you more. Yeah, she lists all the reasons. Like she wasn't using it. Like, for this one thing, she put all of the reasons out, put mm-hmm. it all out on the table. Yeah. Instead of, like, lording the information over their heads. Yeah. In order to get out of the box. So. Well, and I also feel like she she knows people well enough that if someone just makes, like, a random accusation and doesn't explain mm-hmm. what they mean, a lot of the time, because it's such a big thing to, like, accuse someone of being on, like, the leader of the opposing side that they probably just they she would know that they probably just wouldn't believe her off rip and they wouldn't even like blink they would just think that she was saying that just to like get out and so she's smart enough to know that she would need to put forward some reasons and some mm-hmm. evidence behind it yeah i think just one reason to believe is that she didn't like she wasn't using it as leverage to get out mhm and i would say that the sphinx did seem eager with the whole like the person who's currently in the quiet box is not a threat. Like, then then why is he in there? Like, that just seemed like... Yeah. That seemed like a bit of a, a suspicious thing to me. Like, mm, okay, we're putting a narcoblix, a dangerous narcoblix who is very good at her job, in one of the most highest security cells in existence and releasing its former occupant, mm-hmm. not knowing what he is capable of. So, do you think there are any reasons to not believe Vanessa? Because I, I kind of have one. Do you have any? She is a, she is a, um, a revealed spy. Yeah. She is worked this entire time to manipulate and lie to them. Mm-hmm. What better way to go out than to cast suspicion on their greatest protector? Or exactly. As, is is yeah. how they see the Sphinx. Yeah, because if she is like a loyal member of the society, what else would she do rather than like who's her like biggest enemy? Make yeah, make them question who they can trust. Mm-hmm. Like that's just going to sow more chaos and be better for the society. So honestly, it can be hard to know who to trust in this mm-hmm. situation in this because if you lose the help of the Sphinx, who is you know help knows like all of like the caretakers has has now one of the artifacts Mm -hmm. took like the prisoner like he knows basically everything like it seems like the sphinx knows everything and if he really is on your side and you like 
accuse him of being the biggest traitor in the history of traitors, like, that's kind of a bad thing. Yeah. So what do you think, readers, who have not read further than this book or who have and or who just have. want to what like, were just, your reactions just, when just you found out separate yourself from your future knowledge whether he is or is not a traitor what was your reaction when you first found out that the sphinx might be a traitor that vanessa used her last her last shot her last sleight of hand mm-hmm. to say don't trust him i think I think another reason to trust him is that even after the betrayal, like when, like, Vanessa was nothing but, like, even after when they were, like, meeting up in the vault, she was, yes, she was probably being manipulative, like, hoping that she could get away with the artifact yeah. if, like, Warren and Kendra were to fall, but, like, she was being nothing but reasonable, and, so spoilers, usually when the society takes over a preserve, it ain't pretty. True. Maybe Vanessa was being more conservative because she was, like, she didn't want to risk. Like, cause she, it was only her and Errol. She didn't yeah, want to risk. Yeah, she didn't like, have the backup. She didn't have the backup yet. Still, like, she was not, like, she did not kill any of her captives. That's true. She did not, like, once the once the jig was up, she never, she did not lie after that. Mm-hmm. Like, once they met up and Kendra was, like, like talking and, like, saying, showing how hurt she was. Like, she's, like. She didn't lie about Tanu. She, she did lie about. She said no, that she, she was a bluff. She, yeah, it's <laughs> eh, <that's> a lie. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. She did lie at that point, but like just overall, like she was very upfront about her motives, why she did what she did, and like honest and and seeming gen- seeming genuine and wanting to like protect Kendra. Like when Kendra was running off into the woods, she was like, "If you go out there, like, like it seemed like she was genuinely concerned for Kendra's safety, and not wanting like she didn't she wanted it to be as bloodless as possible." I think that's how she operates because she's a narcoblix and mm-hmm. she she already knew she had control of the situation because it was honestly just a matter of time because mm-hmm. she knew once every anyone fell asleep, she could control them. And so I think that's just how she kind of rolls because she knows that if she bites them and they fall asleep, they're completely under her control. So I feel like that's just kind of how she goes about things because she can really just have control of a situation and I feel like she's also really good at reading people. And so she can, like, manipulate them. And I don't know. I feel like she's just she's just so capable that she just has control mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. And she's I very clever. I just felt like even after, like, the jig, like, like I said, even after the jig was up, she was very reasonable and Well, she knew honest, she couldn't do it alone, less. though. Yes. But, like, it was just, like, like even when her and Warren were fighting the 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 panther warren was dying hands down and she was trying to save him yeah she had that potion you're just trying to see the good in her <laughs> i am trying to see the good in her <laughs> I'm am just i saying, wrong though about that no did she but, have to bring out that potion and try to like he would have died no easily. but i still think at this time i still think that she just you know but like what was her she's still in her spy what was era. her motivation for trying to save warren he could have um, passed on and nobody would have known that she had the power to potentially preserve his life. He would have been gone. I don't know. Like, what, what, what was her motive other than to try to keep as many people? She thinks he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> okay, Any other questions so, you want to talk about? Um, ooh, can fear be a good thing? Yeah. I say hands down, yes. Seth is one person who completely ignores fear and just, like, 
charge his head long, but like healthy fear can be healthy. I, mean, I don't know if he like ignores it. I think he does things despite it. Mm, like yeah. maybe like now in these books, he's not super like afraid, like normal afraid, other not like the magical kind of afraid. Mm-hmm. I think in later books, he is more afraid, but he kind of does things despite being afraid. Mm-hmm. I think a good measure of how afraid he is is of how like serious he is. Like I think that's a good when he gets point. scared, he sobers up and he gets serious and he says, "Let's get this done." Mm-hmm. Like when he finds Kendra in the cottage and she breaks down the whole situation. When they finally have the key, you can tell he is he is scared because now a Vanessa knows they're alive and in the game. B they're in the one place that Vanessa would probably think that they went. Yeah. And he is psyching himself up to go and face the Revenant again. Like when he gets scared, he realizes like the situation is very dire, is very serious. And he says, Okay. I think both him and Kendra kinda of have that in common. Mm-hmm. Not Kendra like doesn't isn't like flippant about things, but even when she's scared, if there's something like super important to be done, she'll also like grit her teeth and do what she needs to do to get things done. I think that's something that they they both share. And so, yeah, I feel like fear isn't necessarily a bad thing Mm -hmm. unless it stops you from doing what you need to do. Yes. Um, I honestly, I think I like this book better than the first one. I, yeah, I like this book better than the first one. Yeah. I think, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you. I think there are, like, things about the first one that I, maybe moments that I like more slightly like i like how kendra gets like the help with the fairies and stuff and like mm-hmm. i think that's a pretty awesome thing but then i like this book how seth gets to you know shine a little bit he's a little smarter a little wiser a little older mm-hmm. and gets to you know so the live out cause, his, he's one of the solutions yeah he gets to live out his fantasy of of being the hero a little bit and like doing stuff all right, everyone. I think that wraps up our dis- long discussion <laughs> for today. Thanks, everyone, for listening to our podcast, Nights of the Dawn podcast. Be sure to go check out our YouTube channel, Nights of the Dawn podcast. We've been posting some extra little shorts and memes. So if you like They're awesome. stuff, <laughs> I, I've got lots of ideas. <laughs> or if you want to make one, go ahead. <laughs> and so um, also, please keep on the lookout for our tier list. We were hoping to get that out soon, but it might take a bit because we really want to make it a good video for you guys. It'll probably be on YouTube as soon as we get it done. But yeah, yeah just feel free to submit your own tier list of all, like, and not just for Fable Haven, for all of Brandon Moll's books or yeah. however, however many you've read. If you want, put in Pingo. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I've never read Pingo. <laughs> it's a good little children's it's book. A little, yeah. It's a fun little book. And if you don't know what Pingo is, it's just a little children's picture book, picture book that Brandon wrote like 10 plus years ago. With a cameo <laughs> of Fablehaven. Oh, really? Yeah, it has Fablehaven, the Fablehaven book like in like one oh. of the scenes. Like just like <laughs> it's funny. animated. It's like it's drawn in. I okay. Well, Pingo will not be on my tier list. <laughs> Anyways. But yeah, so keep an eye out for that. Yeah. And send in your own tier lists and we would love to see them. Go ahead and... Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you want to stay up to date on any new videos we put out there because anything we put out there that is a video will not be anywhere else. So if you want more content, feel free to check that out and feel free to share this podcast with a friend. If you know anyone that likes Brandon Mull's books, please share it with anyone that you know and 
If you have any questions or comments, email at us at nightsofthedawnpodcast at gmail.com. And up next on our list will be Fablehaven, book three, Grip of the Shadow Plague. Till next time. Drink the book. See ya!